where those things make sense and where they don't, what is happening in your mind, then you can say, oh, I'm getting overwhelmed for this thing because my brain thinks that I'm back in Iraq or, or whatever. Uh, and the fact is that that's not true anymore. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, you got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen, and I'm excited to have a fellow service member, uh, transition veteran, entrepreneur, and author, Eric Burleson. Uh, from, he's actually from the great country of Texas. Uh, I, I, that was news to me. We just started chit-chatting a little bit here, and uh, I appreciate him taking some time. Uh, he's got a recent, recent um, book that he is uh, either about ready to release or it has just released. Is that right, Eric? Yeah, I, re I um, released it on Monday on Amazon. It's called Separating from Service, the Mental Health Handbook for Transitioning Veterans. Well, that's a, that is a, a topic worthy of not just a book, but probably an entire library. Uh, there is a, um, a smorgasbord of experiences that uh, different veterans have had as it relates to that topic. But let me welcome you to the show. Welcome to Knucklehead uh, Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm really grateful to be here. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we, uh, we encourage, we encourage folks and, and just some quick background on knucklehead for those of you who listen. And we, we started this, we started this project really as an idea to help, uh, get the message out there that everybody screws up at one point in time. You know, we, there's, there's an inevitability that's going to happen relating to struggle, whether you're, you're working on a, on a current project, something that you're familiar with, something that you've done time and time again. Um, however, it's just an inevitable amount of time before you will run into resistance. And then that resistance causes you to stop, stall and pivot. And I've heard it said a bunch of different ways, but we just want to encourage you that those mistakes that you make are pivotal to you creating the success that you want, not just in your life, but for that project, for that role. And so rather than try to tout like you always have the answer, it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? I, I'm willing to go out and screw up and I'm willing to make a mistake. And that's why we call it knucklehead, not perfectionist podcast. So uh, with that being said, uh, Eric, tell people a little bit about, you know, how you came up with the idea uh, of the topic for, for mental health or how you came uh, kind of backed into uh, the situation that you're in today. All right. Um, so I, it occurred to me that I would like to share some of what happened with me in transition. I separated from the army in 2013, went to business school at UT Austin. Um, while I was in business school, I started a company, raised some money, spent that money as one does, left the company uh, as one does when one spends a lot of money without getting revenue. Um, <laughs> and I, at the time, I had a, a newborn baby. Um, my wife was just starting to work as a, a development director at a nonprofit, and I needed to get a real job as I was leaving business school. And so I, I went and got a job as a product, uh, product manager and partnerships director at this little e-commerce company in Austin. And I was like, man, I, I, I just don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I got to do something that's going to, that I can be more proud of that exercise my creative energy. So I'll, I'll talk about veteran transition because my particular transition was brutal. It was just really intense. Uh, when I was separating, I had just gotten married um, my wife got pregnant on the honeymoon. I was separating from the army. So we moved across the country and started business school. Wow. Here's a pro tip. Don't do that. 
<laughs> like five major life changes at once is not the uh, the preferred technique, as we might say in the army. Um, it was completely overwhelming. I was constantly overwhelmed, um, really stressed out all the time. Uh, and I started going to to therapy to help me deal with all of the stress that I was uh, experiencing in my personal life. And a, a little more context, there were, um, not to get too dark, but there were a lot of suicides in my unit right prior to, to my leaving. And so I had this sort of darkness over my, over my mind. Right. And I kept thinking, I, I, I have to take care of myself with this. I have to um, keep myself together. Can I ask you a question real quick? As you're yeah, sure. Uh, you're, most, most of the time, not most of the time, uh, postpartum in pregnancy uh, and post-delivery, uh, especially for, um, especially for, for, for women that I've, that I've communicated with, it's a very it's a very uh, difficult thing to deal with imbalance uh, from their spouse or their support at the time. Um, did that factor into? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, it it was a real uh, difficult situation for my wife. We we very nearly split up, but um, we I I like to tell people that um, you know they say that grass is greener on the other side of the fence, and that's like kind of a acute perspective, um, kind of, I, I hate to call it a truism. It's just, it's, it's saying that, uh, what looks nice depends on where you stand. Right. But the, the actual literal truth is that the grass grows greener where you water it, where, when you take care of your lawn, it looks nicer. And so I, the point that I make is that, um, we value the things that we invest time and energy in. And if you, invest time and energy in your marriage and your family and your children, you're going to value them and appreciate them more. It's actually the cause and effect relationship actually um, works in the opposite direction than people usually think it does. They think, oh, if my family were great, then I would value them more. And, and then I would spend more time with them. And, and the truth is that if you spend more time with them and you invest more time with them, you're going to value them more and you're going to enjoy them more. Isn't it, isn't it interesting the way that we describe value and it appreciating and that same term is used in whatever you appreciate grows in value and whatever oh, you yeah and, and appreciate the uh, double entendre there or the the double meaning rather um, of appreciating is absolutely true right 100 percent. 100% I interrupted you during a very very interesting story that you were diving into as it relates to that particular time in your life, uh, what type of support did you receive from your unit or did you? I, I didn't. Uh, the, the short answer is that I, I really didn't. Um, the, the transition process is not designed to be customized for any individual person. That's part of the reason that I, I wrote this book. Um, and allow me to, to, um, talk for just a minute about, I, I wanted to talk about what led me to, to write this. I wrote a book about creating a resume after a, a military career. And um, it, the title is very close to that. It's uh, the veteran's guide to creating a resume after a military career. Like, couldn't be more clear, right? And um, as I put it out of the market, I was like, wait a second, there is so much information here about 
veteran transition and getting a job, but almost nothing about mental health. And that may have been the most intense and, and um, difficult part of my journey. And I started doing some research and there are tons of studies about veterans saying, yeah, the, the job thing was pretty hard, but man, the stresses on my family and the stresses on my health and the stresses on my confidence and, and just like my sense of self-worth, those were the hardest things. And figuring out all the context switching, God, it was awful. And so I started looking, like doing research into the, uh, the neuroscience of transition and the, the psychological aspects of transition. I thought, wow, there's a whole corpus of material here that I think would be really, really helpful for people to understand as they're transitioning so that they can recognize in themselves, for themselves, what's happening to them. And, and there's a, a section in the book where I'm saying, look, I can't tell you how to be more like a civilian, right? And especially as you're transitioning, because nobody in the military can tell you what it's like to be out of the military. That's sort of nonsensical, right? Um, and yeah. I can't tell anybody what it's like to be you because I, I don't know. But you understand and you understand what your own lived experience is and you understand um, where those things make sense and where they don't. And if you are introspective in them and you really study them, you really dig into what is happening in your mind and you have the context of how your mind and your brain function, then you can say, oh, that's an interesting thing. I'm getting overwhelmed for this thing because my brain thinks that I'm, you know, back in the unit or, or back in Iraq or, or, or whatever. Uh, and the fact is that that's not true anymore. So yeah, I'm feeling anxiety, but it's just because my brain's doing what it's supposed to do. It's doing exactly what I trained it to do. It's doing exactly what I trained it to do. And so that kind of lowers uh, that sense of that sense of intense anxiety. It doesn't make everything go away. Nothing's ever going to make everything go away, but it, it sort of takes the edge off and gives you a little space and perspective to, to reflect on it and to make sense of it and then to integrate the things that are good back into your life. Books are good. Experiences are good. Eric's really diving into some of the things that he struggled with, but also figured out it takes a strategy and it takes a plan. Sometimes it takes a coach and it takes some accountability. Just a quick break from today uh, with a word from one of our sponsors, Chris, over at the Ambitious Vet Training and Coaching. Check him out. Hey, it's Chris Hoffman, CEO and founder of Vet Training Coaching and host of the Ambitious Vet Podcast. You're listening to the Knucklehead Podcast with Stephen Cullen. Let's go out and make those mistakes and get better one at a time. Let's get it. Well, it's interesting you, you, um, you termed it in that way, and you did a very good job of describing what it's like for not just a, a service member, but anybody who goes through some type of traumatic or intense amount of stress. Uh, the service member, we, we generalize it in a, in, a, in a way for just because there's some common, commonalities between our stories. I was in Marine Corps, you were in the Army. Uh, so we can say service member or time and country, and, and, it's, and it means something. When we say that to, uh, to somebody else in the civilian world, it, it, there's, a, there's a further explanation and more context needed. Right. And so I know being a knucklehead and that's, that's, this is, this is, this is, this is why we have this show. I remember leading sales teams and sales meetings and, you know, meetings with consultants where I would lose patience, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 seconds or so into the meeting uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm literally doing a, uh, uh, you know, an after action report at the end of the week. Really it's 
how did we do this week? Did we do the things that we said we were going to do? And how well did we do those things? And in fact, what I'm, what I'm really trying to do is communicate to them how irritated I am that we didn't accomplish everything that we wanted to get accomplished. And, <laughs> and then it comes across as, you know, my voice go, inflection goes up. The rate of my speech goes much or gets much, much faster. And, and let me tell you something. For young sales folks, that is not the type of leadership, mentoring, and coaching that they need. As a as a fellow salesperson, I also in those trenches with you, I I can attest to that. Yeah, a hundred. The last thing that you need is to torque down the pressure on someone who who frankly doesn't just doesn't know what they're doing. Especially for probably the first year that you're in sales, you're really. You just got to go through that grind and lose lots of deals before you figure out how to start winning them. It's a really good one. I like that. So happy years is a problem, uh, and that happy years becomes much a much bigger problem if if the person who's supposed to be leading is, is the source of the pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fantastic point. I'm really glad that we're talking about this because the truth is that you learn so much more from making mistakes than you do being successful. You're, if you're successful, you're like well, why or how? And, and it's not necessarily clear, um, particularly if you, if you are paying someone to do it for you. Like even if I pay someone to do something for me, I'm like, okay, it, like walk me through this, help me understand your methodology because uh, I, I need to know what mistakes I would have made and, and where I'm missing, right? And even in the early days with this, uh, with this particular project, I sat down, one day and was like, all right, I'm going to write this book. Take me three months. I can do this thing in three months. I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, which I did. And I'm going to write and I'm going to edit it and, and um, just tighten it up. It'll be 12, 13 chapters, which it actually ended up being right, uh, 13 chapters. So I, it turned out I was right about that, but only by accident. Um, and I'm just going to pound this thing out. It's going to be awesome. And uh, that was hilarious. That was <laughs> the biggest ridiculous thing that I could have told myself. And I actually did have a really regular discipline of waking up in the morning and um, pounding out material and, and then um, editing it and, and figuring out what to do with it. I hired a, um, an editor on Fiverr. We, we developed a really strong working relationship. Um, but it turns out that, um, first of all, it wasn't really coherent, all the different chapters. Interesting. Uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't flow really well together. I was just like taking topic, right on topic, finish it. And, and I instilled this discipline of um, time bounding my activities so that at the end of that, I just, I have to ship it. Whether, whether I feel like it's done or not, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. And I started a blog so that I could get some feedback from veterans. And the first like three or four posts, people were like, I mean, most, of, most people just didn't even read it because it was bad. <laughs> and so I asked a few friends, like, what am I doing here that's, that's really bad? I, I am unapologetically uh, an intellectual. I'll, I'll describe myself as kind of a... Um, working class thug cum intellectual, right? <laughs> Grew up in a, in a role in, in kind of rough environment. And then um, just have always been intensely curious. And, and I, sometimes I use richer language than my audience um, needs. 
Yeah. And right. so I, I looked at some of those early posts and I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I sound like an academic and that's just wrong. That's, that's not the right thing. And so I kind of toned it back and talked with my wife and I really struggled to find the voice that was both authentic to me and respectful of my audience in a, in a way that kind of made sense. And I can't tell you how much I struggled with this and just felt overwhelmed and pissed off at myself because I couldn't, I, I couldn't find that thing. You, you just really have to dig in and grit through it and, and get the iterations. And what would you tell yourself? Uh, I, I know you're right, kind of completing a thought, but what would you tell yourself, uh, let's just say, two months into this, if you could tell yourself something when you're kind of in the midst of, of writing these chapters, and, and get yourself to listen. What would you say to yourself to stop doing? And, and what would you say to yourself to do, start doing more of? I would, I, first of all, I would tell myself, it's not going to be good until you put in the time. And, and that's not saying, um, hey, you're crap. Or because I had all kinds of garbage telling me, all, all kinds of old baggage that uh, lurking around in my head. It, it was actually people had told me things while I was growing up or while I was in the army that I internalized and turned into my own voice. And, and those things were, uh, were not helpful. I think that I kind of expected it all to be right around the first time or third time or fifth time. And the truth is that you really need to, to put in a volume of work and you should expect yourself. You should manage your expectations for yourself that um, it's only through doing the work of going in there, figuring it out, respecting the process, um, really paying attention to the details, to the fundamentals of, of narrative and of language and really the fundamentals of whatever it is you're doing. We were talking about sales earlier. That's the same type of thing. You know, you can't really learn the fundamentals of sales until you've been trying to sell for a little while. And, and I would just tell myself, Hey man, relax. It's like, I'm not saying don't wake up in the morning. I'm not saying don't work hard on this and don't talk to people and don't network. I'm saying don't expect yourself to finish this in three months or six months and then call yourself a failure when you haven't. That's, it's just not doing yourself any good. And in fact, I think more organizations could be a little more forgiving of um, first-year salespeople. <laughs> I think I think so. I think you really get like a quarter pass, right? <laughs> well, yeah, ninety days, right? I mean, you, you got to go from uh, wet behind the ears to uh, paying for yourself and more in ninety days. That's no nowhere else in the on the planet is a profession quite you know, like I, I tried I tried the same thing with my kids and and none of them <laughs> made it after the first 90 days it's weird it's amazing it's it's almost as if we uh we would expect them to to get it right away you know it's there is there is this whole thing called the process so you know I can appreciate the uh, I can appreciate that perspective and I think that if people are a little bit more honest with themselves as it relates to something significant that they want to accomplish in their life uh, that they would give themselves at least that realistic expectation. And I think that we're bombarded with messages. There's plenty of messages that are out there and examples of people who've accidentally or through some happenstance was able to accomplish something in a relatively short period of time that, that led to a windfall of more opportunities or more choices. But the reality is once you look at those, there's anomalies and then there's also the people who just 
need to go through the process and develop the the patterns necessary to, to have that success. And there's a, there's this, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you've heard of hustle porn, which is like where people talk about how hard they work and how hard they hustle and how much they do all these things. I mean, I was just talking about getting up at four o'clock in the morning. That's a unique circumstance to me. My kids went to bed at eight. My kids woke up at six. I wanted two hours to work um, before they before they woke up, right? Um, and that was really special time to me. I would do physical therapy. I would meditate, and I would um, and I would write. Four o'clock in the morning isn't going to work for everybody, and you got to understand that it's it. You you have to work with what you've got, and it didn't even work for me um, all the time. My wife at some point was just like, "Hey, you, I'm you can't do this for the rest of our lives. Like, if I'm not going to stay for it." And a lot of people will look at all these hustlers and these entrepreneurs who talk all about their success. And the truth is that a whole, whole, whole lot of those entrepreneurs who are really successful had tremendous resources behind them and had lots of failures behind them. And, and like a catastrophic failure for their company wasn't going to mean they weren't going to be able to pay their mortgage. Um, they don't talk about those things. They don't talk about recognizing the successes they had and recognizing the resources they had. You see some celebrities and they'll write a book and it'll sell hundreds of thousands of copies. Like they're celebrities. People know who they are. <laughs> we call that, we call that demand fulfillment, not demand generation. There's a huge difference. Yeah. So, so it's not necessarily uh, indicative of, um, of like raw success, right? It's, it's not indicative of raw quality necessarily and I'm, I'm not saying those people aren't talented people clearly they're talented people but when i am sitting at my desk and wondering why i i can't get this thing to take off um i should take note of the disparity of resources that i'm bringing versus some of these people that i'm idolizing and that helped me to relax too like okay well now this is thing I can act on. I can find more resources or I can mitigate what those resources don't bring me. I can get a day job and find other ways to work on it. And, right. and that's what I did. I found a job that it turns out I was really good at. So of the 40 hours a week, I could actually work like 35 and be really successful at that work. Uh, and then spend another five hours a week working on my writing and working on networking and working on this project. And it turns out that like, getting a job that was just easy enough that I didn't have to stretch myself so I could stretch myself in this other thing was a really great strategy for me to, to push out content. I love that. And I love that uh, simplicity behind that strategy. However, again, I've heard it said that uh, the answer or the solution uh, doesn't happen overnight. Typically the change is a day or two or a week, but it's the months and years preceding that that uh, that allow you that perspective that, that something needs to change. Eric, well, so you know, they, say, um, they say that uh, in in the fall, um, every tree turns brown and red and loses its leaves, and nobody sees that happen. Right? You don't watch a tree turn and lose its leaves. It happens over time, and that change happens. Everyone is, observes that change, but it's not it's not the one day. It's not the one week. Even. It's a really good analogy. I like that. It's a, it's a very, I like that. Um, so what's one last thing that you want to wrap uh, this with? Help, help people tell you, or excuse me, help tell people how they can either go find your book, how they can connect with you. I mean, this has been, this has been fantastic when you talk about all the different topics, but let's put a bow on this. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
So first of all, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, the, the key is not to reduce the, the amount of stress. It's to mitigate the stress and make yourself stronger and more able to deal with that. The best way that I know to do that is to pay attention to how you're feeling and really to, to, to go to some therapy and get some help for someone to do that. I think of a, of a therapist more like a mental health coach. They're, they are helping me become healthy. They're not dealing with a mental illness. They're dealing with mental health. Um, and building that strength will help keep you from being overwhelmed and help you put things in perspective on a regular basis. Um, so that's sort of the whole theme behind separating from service is, is encouraging mental health and encouraging self-awareness. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Just look up separating from service. Uh, it's a, it's a white book with a friendly looking pair of boots on the cover. Um, and uh, we actually, uh, the feedback doesn't stop. At the end of every chapter, there's an email address in there. It says, if, if you have any problems with this chapter, if you think I could improve it, if you think that um, there's something that's messed up on it, send me an email at feedback at separatingfromservice.com because the process never ends. Even though it's shipped, even though it's on Amazon, I want to hear back because new additions can uh, benefit from what people have to say. Yeah, absolutely. And tools become more readily available to those. And um, there's, there's all types of uh, folks like you and myself that, that are interested in supporting where support is needed and then providing resources to those who um, uh, to really need resources. And resources don't all, always necessarily uh, mean monetary. Uh, they, they also mean uh, time. They mean uh, empathy. They mean, to your point about therapists, sometimes you need coaches and sometimes you need a peer network and a support group. So there's a, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of, uh, of, uh, of wisdom and what, and what you're saying and how you're saying it. So, so that's how people can find the book and how people can connect with you. Uh, anything else that you want to share with these folks? Uh, yeah. Um, you're okay. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Things are stressful. Things are really overwhelming. You may be telling yourself all kinds of things, but um, I really believe that uh, it's all going to work out. Just, just keep working at it. Go through the iterations. Get some help. Don't be afraid to ask for some help from people around you. And um, see you on the other side. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say that. It's, no, it's perfect. When I meet a veteran, they're like, finally, I've gone through the awakening part that you were talking about. <laughs> it's such a thrilling, wonderful thing to see someone like actually feel real joy throughout their life. Yeah, it's, it, 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 um, it really, it really is. There's really no other way to describe it other than to say it's incredibly relieving and, and peaceful, uh, to know that, gosh, in, amidst the chaos that's surrounding me and amidst the chaos going on between my ears, that everything's going to be okay. We, we at knucklehead, we call that get some wins. Yeah. Uh, we also, <laughs> we also say don't be beta. Right. And the reason why is because we just encourage you to take hold of whatever is seemingly controlling you. Mm-hmm. And you start to you start to begin the process of getting either your nose bloodied or your knees scraped. But you have to go through that pain and that struggle. And you can't you can't shy away from it. You have to lean into it. And that struggle that you feel and that everything that Eric talked about today, uh, that's our encouragement. I mean, there's there's other folks out there that are going through it and are willing to share their stories, their anguish, their, their struggle, because that's what you'll need to go through in order to, for you to get yours. It's just on the other side of that struggle where you're going to get your breakthrough. So we encourage you to just keep going. Absolutely. 
you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to sometimes question, am I going through this struggle pointlessly? Like, what is my culpability in creating this struggle? Where am I making it harder for myself? You know, I, I fought with my wife so much when, and it took a long time for me to realize, oh, wait, this person is on my team and absolutely wants to support me. Maybe I do need to tone it back and invest more in her. And then she'll be able to support me more in ways that, uh, that, I, that I need. Uh, and so I, I think being, being cognizant of that and, and asking yourself, where is the struggle, the right struggle, and where is it not, right? That's a great question. That's a great question. Let's leave, let's leave our audience with, uh, with just that wisdom there. And for those of you who like listening to the Knucklehead Podcast, we've got a new episode coming out every Tuesday. If you're hearing Eric's story and you're compelled to go uh, get his book, he told you a couple different ways that you can share your opinion, you can share your feedback, you can get in, get in touch with him. Know that you can always connect with us on all our social media channels. Uh, but we appreciate y'all. Uh, thank you very much, Eric, for taking the time. Thank you those for those of you who are listening. And uh, we appreciate y'all. Have a good rest of the week, all right? It's my pleasure. Thanks.